All right, everybody, I'm Logan Alec. I'm a CPA, and this is my update for Thursday, February 4th. As I mentioned yesterday, the Senate voted 50 to 49 for the budget resolution that kicked off the reconciliation process, which means we will see amendments proposed by both sides, as well as a series of votes on various provisions that may or may not make it into the final stimulus package. One of the first proposals came from Republican Senator Mitt Romney. He's one of the most moderate Republicans in the entire Senate. His proposal is called the Family Security. Security Act. In it, Romney is pushing a plan to give families $4,200 per year for each child age five or younger, so that's $350 a month, and $3,000 per year for each child from six to 17, so $250 per month payment. Like I said, this benefit would be paid out monthly with an overall cap of $1,250 per family per month. Just like the stimulus checks, these would be phased out above a certain income limit, although Romney's plan provides the full payment to single filers with incomes up to the current child tax credit limits of $200,000 for single filers and $400,000 for joint filers. The benefit would be reduced by $50 for every $1,000 in income above these limits. This benefit would be administered by the Social Security Administration and would be available to all children with a Social Security number, and parents could apply to receive the benefit for months prior to their child's due date, so mid-pregnancy. So this is a little different than the Democrats' kind of similar plan, which itself sounds more like a prepayment of the child tax credit. Romney's plan, uh, it's actually even more generous than what the Democrats are proposing. Democrats' current plan, or their plan for this sort of thing, covers just $3,600 per year for children 5 and younger, and $3,000 per year for children ages 6 through 17. So that amount, that last amount, is the same as Romney's plan. So I've been talking a lot about bipartisanship in recent updates, whether both sides will reach uh, a unified agreement, or whether the stimulus will just mostly be passed by Democrats through reconciliation. But this seems to be one provision that may get enough support from enough for Republicans if there is to be some kind of bipartisan stimulus legislation. Now, this is obviously a very robust plan for child poverty, and it doesn't appear to be limited to COVID or anything like that. In fact, Romney is claiming that his plan is deficit neutral, which means it only adds costs that it subtracts in other ways. Romney wants to make room for these direct payments by cutting some other aid programs and tax breaks, including the child and dependent tax credit, the head of household filing status, the state and local tax deduction, and temporary assistance for needy families. So instead of navigating those tax programs to get some money back, if you have a child, you'll just be getting these monthly checks in the mail until they turn 18, according to Romney's plan. On the other hand, the American Family Act, which has the support of most Democrats in Congress, pays out slightly less than Romney's plan for children under six, as I went over previously, but it also doesn't come with the same cuts to other tax credits and benefits, which could end up being an obstacle for Democrats who do want to keep temporary assistance for needy families and other forms of government aid through the tax system in place. With that being said, some of the other provisions that Romney wants to cut effectively benefit the rich over other groups, which could go a long way toward getting more Democrats on board. The state and local tax deduction, for example, mostly helps the 20% of richest Americans, and it does almost nothing for the bottom 60%, which includes most of the people who would be paid under Romney's proposal. As I said, we're going to see a lot of these proposals over the next few weeks as the Senate works on what will become the next stimulus bill, and there will be a series of votes to determine which ones make it into the final version. In fact, 
Democratic Senator Brian Schatz from Hawaii called this the Voterama process, and he said it's the worst part of the United States Senate and that everybody should ignore it if they can. Everyone in the Senate can propose any amendment they want, and Republicans reportedly have hundreds of amendments ready with no relation to the stimulus itself. Unsurprisingly, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has a different view. He said he is looking forward to this process. McConnell said Senate Republicans will be ready and waiting with a host of amendments to improve the rushed procedural step that's being jammed through. We'll begin getting senators on the record about whether taxpayers should fund checks for illegal immigrants, whether Democrats should raise taxes on small businesses in the midst of this historic crisis, and whether generous federal funding should pour into school districts where the unions refuse to let schools open. And this is just a small taste. That sounds like fighting words to me. So while many Democrats want to use budget reconciliation to pass a stimulus bill without any bipartisan negotiation, the drawback there is that they're going to be hit with a wave of votes from Republicans that could put them in tough political positions. One key issue for the stimulus has been who should be eligible for direct payments. The first two rounds of checks went out in full to single filers earning up to $75,000 a year and joint filers earning up to $150,000 before gradually phasing out at higher incomes. Republicans and some moderate Democrats have voiced their support for decreasing those limits in order to reduce the over price tag and create a more targeted relief plan, and 16 of them propose an amendment to ensure that upper-income taxpayers are not eligible. The amendment doesn't come out and say what the income limit should be. Uh, there are reports that Democrats are considering reducing uh, the limits to 50000 for single filers and 100000 for joint filers, right? While well, Republican proposal included a $1,000 payment that would go out in full to single filers earning up to 40000 joint filers earning up to 80000 Now, Biden came in a little above those numbers, right? Um, recently, he said he wants eligibility for married couples who earn up to $120,000 a year. And that was just an example, right? In his mind, it could be more. Um, that's obviously slightly higher than the Democrats' proposal, but still in the same ballpark. So given the tone of the conversation so far, it wouldn't be surprising if the third set of checks ended up being limited to something in that range rather uh, than what Biden was originally proposing. And it would be one thing if the amendment was exclusively proposed by Republicans, but this amendment already has support from seven Democratic senators, plus Angus King, an independent who caucuses with the Democrats. Senators Chuck Schumer and Elizabeth Warren also reintroduced a resolution calling on Biden to cancel up to $50,000 in student loan debt for each borrower. I say reintroduced because something similar was brought up during the last Congress. Now, unlike Romney's proposal, this isn't a binding amendment. It's closer to an endorsement. So even if it passes, it would only put political pressure on Biden, who has supported canceling $10,000 in debt in the past, but hasn't come out in favor of canceling $50,000 worth. Schumer and Warren were joined at the press conference by representatives Alma Adams, Ilhan Omar, Ayanna Presley, and Mondaire Jones, and they said that they had support for more than 50 lawmakers. At this point, there is a lot of support for the $10,000 plan. Almost three quarters of Americans are behind that idea, uh, but it's tough to see Congress passing $50,000 in student loan forgiveness, especially with how much money is already being spent on other areas of stimulus. All right, last story for today. Senator Dick Durbin and Representative Cindy Axney, both Democrats, introduced legislation that would waive federal income taxes on up to $10,200 in 2020 
outstanding unemployment benefits. That figure covers both traditional state unemployment along with the programs that were introduced by the federal government last year. So, you know, regular unemployment right from your state, uh, PUA, pandemic unemployment assistance, all that would count for this. In other words, you know, right, let's say you received $15,000 total in unemployment, right, state, uh, the $600 boost, even PUA, right, uh, taxes would be forgiven on the first 10200 right, so you would owe them on the remaining 4800 and again, this is only for federal income taxes, it doesn't cover state taxes, so you may or may not owe taxes at the state level, depending on your income and where you live, this mirrors a similar bill which offered up to $2,400 in tax relief for unemployment after the 2008 recession. Alright everybody, that is my update for today, the so-called vote arama will be picking up this week, so we'll see a lot of proposals in the next few days and weeks. Make sure to stay tuned for the latest changes to the stimulus plan because it seems to be changing every day. <laughs> There's multiple stimulus plans, right? So we're just going to have to see what happens here, folks. Thank you so much for watching to the end, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.